Welcome back to another episode of the Kitmen Podcast. My name is Rohan. As always, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram. And if and if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to drop five stars if you enjoy the content. I'm joined by Arsenal fanboy, Dillette. I'm doing good, man. I know you didn't ask, but I had to let you know. That was so like, that was so like robotic, dude. I was so used to you asking me how I'm doing. I mean, I was going to, but you you, you hopped in, which <laughs> I, I don't care. Um, Owen, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. All right. Well, we have a lot to get into. Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool in turmoil, Arsenal off to a cracking start. United have a million things wrong with them. But let's start off with that Chelsea Tottenham game. Owen, talk about the game itself as a Chelsea fan. Chelsea's standpoint, I think it was a great game. I th- I think we played phenomenal. The goals we scored were great. Kulabali's goal was just that was phenomenal. Great, great starting goal for him. I, I think it was a good game. Obviously, refs, other calls, something should have been called. Um, but just from a Chelsea playing standpoint, I think it was very good. Dillette, as an Arsenal fan who hates both teams. Dude, yeah, I was I was happy with the, with the draw. Dude, it kind of pissed me off to see, like, Chelsea's defender scoring again because I'm, like, a, a strong believer in, like, that's unsustainable. You guys need to, like, get some good forwards and, like, good creative midfielders. And then Reese James and Koulibaly score both goals. Like it just it just pissed me off a little bit. But not, nah, bro. The the game, the game tire should not have stood. And Romero oh, should have been sent off. That was some terrible refereeing, bro. But mm-hmm. you guys are Chelsea, so like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna stick my neck out there. You guys deserve every bad decision that comes to you. Thank you a lot. There's actually a um change.org, like like the petition thing. Anthony Taylor never referees a Chelsea game. And I I think after like an hour online, it already had 10,000 signatures. That's it. Like after a day, it had 80,000. Dude, as it it should though, because there was numerous terrible calls there. Like Havertz got slid, I think, by Ben Tanker and no contact on the ball. And it was like straight ankle. And it was an aggressive challenge as well. There's no ball. And Anthony Taylor didn't even call a foul. I feel like that's a gray area because wasn't it, it went out for a corner, and then uh, Mendy tipped it over the bar, and then it went for a corner again. Yeah, okay. No. The, the the hair pulling was on the previous corner. It wasn't on the goal, but it still oh, okay. should have been called. Yeah. yeah. Foul on Havertz. That was – Yeah, that was just insane, dude. Yeah, no. It, it was it was weird. Who would you have in a fight, Tuchel or Conte? Tuchel, man. He's got the length. He's got the reach. Dude, exactly. That's exactly what I said. I said Tuchel because he has the reach. Antonio Conte is like 5'8", bro. He's not – He's not keeping up. I'm saying Conte. Conte's like a gritty Italian, you know. That's true. I'm not but saying he's like gonna, he's gonna knock him out. I'm not saying he's gonna knock him out, but I see him like Rocky Balboa, you know, just firming punches and then just tiring out the opponent. I could see him taking a hit. I could see that he's got a strong looking face. Who? But if if all 20 managers were in like a tournament style boxing match, who would you have? I think we know we know who we won't have. We all are not taking Pep Guardiola. Yeah, let's get that out (laughs) there. Or Arteta. Nah, I'd back Arteta to some extent. He's like the youngest manager, bro. He's he just had stopped playing professional. Like he's still in great shape. I'm going with Vieira. Oh yeah, it's not even a contest, bro. Vieira probably win against most of the league, (laughs) like comfortably as well. I think Klopp could stand his own. 
No, Klopp and Tuchel are like the same build. Klopp, Klopp is a little – he's got some aggression to him, but the way he talks about the grass after the games, I'm just not backing that kind of character in a fight. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like every game it's like, ah, oh, the pitch was wet, the pitch was dry. I'm just not backing that. But not the the game itself though. Chelsea looks so much better than last week. Oh yeah. Like last last week was literally like Burnley with Raheem Sterling, and this week it was like they held possession extremely well. Given Tottenham don't seem to like want the ball, but still they they held possession really well. I was impressed. Dude, I I everyone's clowning me for saying Chelsea have a shot at top four, but the tactical setup of Chelsea with Conte like push forward as the eight. And Reese James not bombing forward every time, it just lets them win the ball higher up the field. And then e- even if the offense is coming down, they have to beat Mount and Conte. And if they do beat them, they still have to beat like Kulabali, Silva, James, Aspilicueta. And but I mean, I will say offensively, they're just like missing the. Yeah, they're still missing it. I think with what is it like two weeks left in the transfer window, I feel like they could they could do with another forward. And I. I don't want to see them get Ivan Tony, but I feel like he'd be a good fit. I want to know what y'all think about that. Ivan Tony would be a great fit. I think so. Because I've talked to some Chelsea fans, and they think like their attack is fine for this season, and like they'll be able to get top four with their attack this season, which they probably will. But it's just not good enough. And like they they're saying like Tony's not good enough. He doesn't improve as nothing. I'm like, dude, Tony not only is like a great striker, great goal scorer, but he's gonna link up play between basically all the players who kind of weren't able to link up play around Lukaku. Did and he's going to do that job for them. Did you he had this weekend? Oh, with on his weak foot, dude? The Perfect volley? through ball? Yeah. Nah. That was dude, if y'all can get your hands on him, that's cold. Yeah. I would want him at Arsenal, but we just signed a striker, so that's off the table. But that's a that's a quality player. I think Chelsea should look at him. I don't yeah. want him in the city. He's not an eight. <laughs> for us. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Liverpool, one point from their opening two games. One against Palace, one against Fulham. Should yeah, they be worried? Honestly, yeah. Really? Like, like, we know Man City's not dropping points for the next six months. Like, two draws might actually – like, in the last couple seasons, two draws is enough to lose you the league between Liverpool and City. They either, they either like, straighten up now or, honestly, like, league, league is done. I, I don't know. I'm just saying Liverpool doesn't have to be extremely stressed. It's not the best start to the season, but City lost 5-2 to Leicester, and Pep had his worst start to a campaign ever. He had like 18 points from 11 games, and they wanted him fired. They ended up winning the Prem that year. I think it's definitely a little scary start, but I think I think they'll be fine. In the end, I think it's going to make it. Uh, I don't know. I, Man City's definitely going to drop points at some point. So as long as Liverpool doesn't keep this up, I think they're a strong enough team to obviously just bounce back and recover from that. Honestly, I could see them still suffering. Like, like without the money, like they don't have a real money replacement. I don't think Luis, Luis, Luis Diaz is doing that job. Yeah, like, you can tell they're missing creativity. Yeah, they're just missing like a spark, especially with Thiago out for the next couple of weeks. Like there's no one in that team that's going to like get the ball on the ground and like really move it through the, like be able to break down defensive team. I think at least next week or they've got to win. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I say I say we talk about Manchester United first while we're at it. Yeah, but like one of those teams is gonna be like bottom of the league after next week, like damn near. Well, like either Liverpool or United. Like, like one of those is, gotta come out of that yeah, terrible. Yeah. My thing is Ten Hag 
won't want to change his system, but he might have to because we've seen how they how bad they are playing out of the back, and I would not want to play out of the back against a Liverpool press with Maguire, Shaw, and De Gea, and then Freddie yeah. McTominay as your pivot. There's Liverpool have to win no that way out of that one. That that's a arguably easy game for Liverpool. I think a funny way to look at it is if United do upset, then they're actually above Liverpool, which is funny. Yeah. In spite of like how terrible they started. Well, the thing is, Liverpool. I mean, they've started terribly, but they're not losing four nil or like yeah two nil. Yeah, there's levels. There's levels to this. There's like levels to the horrendousness. And it all starts with David De Gea. He's washed. Completely. Yeah, bro, they gotta they gotta get him out. He should have been step he should have been step one out this summer. I just don't see them getting rid of him anytime soon because any United fan always backs him and is in love with him, even though they just refuse to accept how washed up he is now. Dude, even like even if they signed a different goalkeeper, no one's buying him. They just have to let the contract run down. And, like, it would be crazy for them to let him sit on the bench as well, just given, like, who he is at the club and how much he's making every week. Like, it just wouldn't make sense to bench him. They kind of just have to firm that. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe they could, like, slide him to a Spanish club. Like, Dude, but no, no Spanish club is, like, picking him up on 300K a week. Is he on 300K a week? Dude, minimum 300k a week. I might, I don't know the exact number, but he's on crazy wages. Bro. He's been a United since like 2010 or something, right? Oh, that's true. Like, yeah. just, and he's always just renewing and renewing. Like, they've yeah. definitely thrown a crazy bag at him. No one's taking him on loan. They literally just have to run the contract down. But I think United's main problem is like it's just arrogance, dude. I feel like they still haven't accepted that they're not what they used to be, and that's just really holding them back. Like. The signings that they've made, the way they set up for each game, it's still with like the United arrogance of we're on paper better than the rest of the league. We just need to go out, do our thing, and we're gonna win, you know, like thirty out of thirty-eight games a season. Whereas you can't do that anymore. Like they I, I, don't have the players for it. Even te- even Ten Hog coming in with his own setup and like his own beliefs, not adjusting to the Premier League at all, not adjusting for the competition. Like, you don't have the players to do that. You haven't coached it into your team enough yet. It's just, like, I, I see it as arrogance. I think, well, first of all, I think he can't start Lissandro Martinez against Liverpool because Nunez is just going to bully him with the height yeah, I difference. Think, I think everyone's going to bully him. Um, yeah, Nunez did, especially. He got a red card, dude. Oh. Oh, Nunez is out. You're right. Yeah. You're very right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's gonna be interesting how they set up then. Um, but no, I I would say I hate to keep bringing it up because I feel like we do it almost every time we talk about United. But is De Gea or not De Gea? Is Ronaldo the problem? Nah, no way, man. Did you see how their problem. midfield plays? Like he can only be so much of the issue. Like yeah, he's a problem, but like is he even in like the top five problems at Manchester United? I think I think Bruno. Fernandez is a top five problem at Manchester United. I had him marked down as having a very good season because I thought he would be pushed up and he he would have a lot more freedom. But he he's just every time he loses the ball, he throws his hands up in the air. He throws a fit. He doesn't track back. It looks like the entire team just hates stepping onto the field to play a game every time. 
yeah, yeah. You can't you can't even blame them at this point. Nobody where, wants where did they go from here? Like they, there's two weeks left. There's not that many strikers available. I don't even think they need a striker. I think they need a center mid. I they s- need a midfielder, dude. They they need more than one midfielder. But yeah, box to box. Six. Today, today they open talks with Casemiro. That's such a United signing. But they're not going to get him. Any no, but even if they do get him, like come on, that's just another old player with high wages. He'll probably be good for them for like a year. But like, that's not what they need, dude. They like that. That's that's again what I'm talking about with the arrogance going for players like Casemiro. Like that's a band aid over like a gash in the in the leg, bro. Like you can't just throw Casemiro into an already dysfunctional team and expect him to like be the answer to it. You need to completely rebuild and take this from someone whose club was bad for like eight years straight. You need to completely rebuild the team. Yeah, no, there, there. I remember the dark days where you're talking about a front three of Enketia or Balogun, oh. Pepe, and Reese Nelson. Yeah, I stand by that. FA Cup, <laughs> FA Cup sixth round. That's a that's MSN. <laughs> that's MSN. Um, I think us three again in the FA Cup. <laughs> MSN. Um, they've tried to rebuild though. They've spent a billion dollars. No, 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 no. They haven't tried to. I honestly see every signing as a band aid signing. Like they haven't stepped back from the situation. Been like, we need to actually like restructure the team restructure the wage bill like they're not doing anything that's actually like that's rehabilitating the team they just keep adding on to it as if it's not terrible yeah everything just looks like repairs and nothing's actually a rebuild yeah they're just fixing the leaks all right well let's transition into some better news um the mighty arsenal my boys they're looking good man this is looking good yeah this is your second this is my segment, yes. And I could I could come on here and use this platform to just gas up Arsenal for like like the next ten minutes, but I'm not going to. Cause that'll be that'll be too easy. I'm gonna say now that we're playing well and we hold the ball for like like 58, 60% of the game, I'm starting to see where some issues lie. And Rohan's gonna like like he's gonna like jump out of his seat for this. But it's not for the reason that he said it was. I'm going to come out and say Thomas Partey will hold this team back in the future. And it's almost because of how good he can be at times and how ambitious he is with his passes. Because we see Rodri for Man City, like some will call it boring. And, and actually everyone calls it boring because it is boring. But he'll kill like the entire flow of a game with just like a string of passes between him, Laporte, Ruben Diaz, Kyle Walker, and Cancelo. And like there won't be no attack for like four or five minutes and then city will go and score. Whereas Thomas Partey, whenever we're holding possession, he'll get the ball and he'll be on go mode and he'll be looking for the next attack, the next through ball, the pass in between the lines. And it's just not what we need at times. And it's nothing to do with his technical ability. Like I think technically and like what he's capable of, one of the best midfielders in, in the Premier League, but just his play style, I don't know if it's what we'll need going forward with how much possession we're looking to hold, how we want to play. You know why I think that is? I think it's because he was at Atletico Madrid, and every time they got the ball, it was go, 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 go. Yeah. And now he does – since it wasn't ingrained in him, he doesn't really understand tempo. Whereas Rodri comes from, like, a Spanish academy where they drill into you, play with the tempo of the game, control the tempo of the game when you're a midfielder. 
those Spanish guys don't even really care about scoring. Yeah. Like, they're just there to pass, bro. Yeah, like they're, they're there to pass. And Partey's on a thousand percent. I need to get the ball at the field. I need to get it into the attack yeah. so we can play. And you're right. He, he doesn't really swing it side to side. I never really see him do that. I think he just, yeah, he just, it's always trying to go forward. And he's too old to be recoached. So I'm hoping we're looking towards a six who can be a long-term replacement there. Who would you want? Dude, I actually, I have, I have no idea if, I know we have Samuel Lakonga, mm. who's like getting minutes for us. I see him more as an eight, but I mean, dude, with with how good he is right now, you don't know how good he can be in the next two years. Like, he could be great, he could not. So I don't want to count that out. But as for across Europe, like that type of six who's going to be able to tackle and hold possession like that, not an easy thing to find. So I got nobody on the radar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It wasn't in the notes I sent, but let's talk about City and Holland because I heard something interesting. He only had eight touches, and yeah, he did get one assist, but eight touches—is it concerning at all? Yeah. What do you I, think? I, I'll say my concern with Holland is the redundancy of City because City play possession based, and they're not going to make the they're they're City aren't going to give the ball away. They're not going to give it away cheaply, and Holland makes so many amazing runs but he never gets the ball. So at a certain point, is he going to stop making those runs in behind because he's not getting the ball and then he mm-hmm. becomes complacent? And then when that happens at that point, does he remodel himself into Pep's type of hold-up striker? Or uh, does he yeah, want to leave the club? Yeah, That's not even Holland at that point. That's yeah, because then you take away the the thing that makes Holland Holland. Yeah. Like obviously, Holland's an addition to the club, but he's not really like necessary. They could have anybody up there. Because they're not using him to his capabilities, you know. Yeah. So that's what you're kind of saying. It's like they could have anybody up there doing the same thing, and it wouldn't really matter. Obviously, like he had the, I think it was the first week he had that great run from, and then the ball from De Bruyne. But like that's pretty much if he's only getting eight touches a game, they're not using him to what he could be. I I will and, back. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say even that goal was in transition. I don't know how often he's getting that pass. But I will say the difference between eight touches for Holland and eight touches for Lukaku is that City are looking for Holland. Like there was four or five crosses where they were looking specifically for him, and he was like a couple inches away from the ball because he's diving out to try and stretch for it. So at least they're looking for him. I don't even know if that's the issue or if that's what the difference is. I think the difference is just that City are like with 10 men are better than the rest of the league still. They don't actually like need Holland to touch the ball for 90 minutes. They just need him to be in the box and score the tap in or like lay off Gundo one. Whereas Chelsea sucked. And Lukaku getting seven touches was like an actual detriment to the team. Whereas Luke, Holland is getting eight touches and y'all are up four nil. Like it's just like, it's just the, I guess the, the luxury of being like City striker. But it also, I'm sure it'll, it'll kind of hurt his reputation as well. I think it holds him back in the Holland and Bappe debate. Yeah, I could see that. He just I needs think, to get more involved. Yeah, I mean, because I think personally, potential-wise, Holland could be better than Mbappe, even though he does have, like, a tough injury record. Nah, no way. Mbappe's too good with the ball. He can pass. He can dribble. I could see Holland, like, scoring more. But I could see Holland, like, like obliterating goal-scoring records, especially at City, like, due to stay in the box. But then couldn't you say the same thing about Ronaldo Messi? Messi is good with the ball. He can pass. He can shoot. He can score. He can dribble. 
Ronaldo. No, 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 but Ronaldo, Ronaldo can also do that, but just at a lower level. Holland does that at like an average level. He dribbles and he passes at average level. KDB's sick. Probably going to KDB is yeah. nasty. Yeah, KDB's sick. Oh, I don't even know what I'm going to say. You texted me a good uh you texted me a good question. Is KDB does will he get a statue at Oh, yeah. That's he had at the DC end of City's his best career. player ever. Yeah. Dude, I think there's Better. a good argument there. Like, I don't see why not. Especially if he gets y'all like a European trophy, there's absolutely no reason. Because this is his team. I don't think anyone disputes that this is his team. Even though at times the team is better when he's out, I still think it's his team. But nah, he he's he could definitely go down to City's best player if he gives y'all Champions League. Okay, so let's say KDB doesn't bring a Champions League to City. Is he City's best player of all time? Set the groundwork. It's him and Aguero, right? I don't think anyone else is. Like, you have David Silva, you have Yaya Torre, but if we're being serious, it's him and Aguero. I would throw company in the mix. Okay, yeah, company, company, mm. too. My fault. Yeah, he's definitely there as well. Okay. It's it's so different because you guys are so good. Like, to give him all that credit in such a good team, like, and I know we don't score without Aguero. I know we get rinsed without company. Yeah, whereas KDB's out the team, and y'all literally, like, arguably get better. I don't know about that. I think so. I think or not that not that you guys get better, but, like... I think he's... Yeah. I think KDB is best when we have a lot of possession. But when we're up against a team where possession is split more 50-50... He doesn't get the ball at his feet, and he doesn't want to lose the ball because he already loses the ball a lot because he's the only player at City that has any mm-hmm. free like free reign on the field. Any element of risk to his game, basically. Yeah, and he's already like losing the ball the most on the team, and he doesn't want to give it mm-hmm. away against Liverpool when they have Salah, Diaz, and Nunez ready, just j- ready, waiting for the chance to run in behind. Yeah, I. It's like it's it's unfair to him to to know whether he's the y'all's y'all's best player or not because it really is just down to the team because Aguero did it in a worse team and that's really the only difference like because KDB is definitely doing just as much in terms of trophies but probably not as much on the field just because he doesn't have to and he can't because there's so much talent around him. That's true. See, we need to be Dude, thinking about these things. I think assists are a horrendous metric. Honestly, there. Dude, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't. Do we want to get into this right now? Yeah, let's get into it, dude. Assists for all sports, assists are not a good metric because they're just not. Foden got an assist to KDB for like a simple pass, and then KDB shook three defenders and then shot shot it outside the foot into the bottom corner, and Phil Foden got an assist for that, and that goes on Phil Foden's record. It's not a good metric at all, bro. Dude, literally, like. As much as I hate to say it because it's so nerdy, expected assist means more than assist. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, because expected assist shows, like, how much you're putting it on a plate for somebody. Whereas, like, an assist is literally – that's wild that you were thinking of this recently because I was also thinking of this the other day. I don't know. I feel like it might have been the City game that sparked this morning. Well, but, like, reason, dude, it just is so meaningless. The reason I came – I thought of it is because I was watching a basketball game and I forgot what team it was and who it was, but – a player had 10 assists, and I was like, there is no goddamn way this player has 10 assists <laughs> because he is making the most simple passes. Like, he's just standing up there with the ball, waiting for the screen to happen, and then making a pass that, honestly, any of the, any of the three of us could make to yeah. a wide-open guy. 
Dude, especially in basketball, it's there's so much like, like so like everyone's pulling up from the three point line. And and then I remember during lockdown, Bruno Fernandez had a crazy number of assists, and it's mostly him just basically shooting the ball into the space in between the keeper and <laughs> the the, the defense, okay. and letting Marcus Rashford you know, just sprint you, onto the ball. You sound like us hating on KDB. I need you to recognize this. <laughs> That's exactly what KDB does. No, no, KDB no. Just, no. KDB just looks a little bit nicer when he does it. No, no, no. There's a particular <laughs> case I'm talking about. He put a mediocre through ball into Rashford, and Rashford mm-hmm. took on the entire Brighton defense, sat down Ben White, and then I do remember this banged goal. it bottom corner, and Bruno Fernandez got an assist for that. Yeah. Dude, that's why I think expected assists is more valuable because I was probably zero expected assists, and he got an assist from it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a weird metric. There's definitely there's definitely a strong case that it just like doesn't mean anything. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us and we'll see you next time.